Big Rampus. This is Big Rampus Buzz with Chris Long and Bruce Porkovich, fresh back from Kansas. Right what in the up middle in, of the country. What were you up in Kansas for? So every year, a group of guys I used to work with and I, on January 2nd, go to Kansas pheasant hunting. It's, uh, I think this is our 25th year, hard to believe. And we befriended a farmer out there and become great friends. And uh, we go in January because there's not much competition from other hunters. They're, most of them are done. We had a uh, great trip. Uh, for those of you who may have grown up pheasant hunting, we actually shot uh, 12 wild roosters and probably about 15 quail. Um, even though pheasant numbers are down, we actually got into some wild birds, so we had a great time. So did you bring the birds home? Or we did certainly you, did. did. You eat them? Or? Yeah, they're delicious. They're uh, a lot like chicken, maybe a little cleaner tasting. Uh, they're, they're pretty lean, uh, but I do all kinds of things with them. Mostly I cut them up into little chunks and do like uh, pheasant nuggets uh but they're nice. delicious we also does it taste it tastes like chicken it tastes a lot like chicken yeah <laughs> it looks a lot like chicken the old thing tastes like chicken yeah. uh but they're delicious yeah i brought home uh, uh at least a couple meals worth so mm. it was great mm. how about you what's new with chris absolutely nothing 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 so you say there's nothing new chris there's always something new with you i'll bet you there's something you're a busy guy. You're always you've got a lot of energy, a lot on your mind. What's uh, uh, what, what? What are you working on? Well, there's there's definitely been something on my mind, and a lot of people don't really want to hit the the nail right on the on the the head of the issue, and that's kind of where I'm always at. I, I'm very blunt about things, and I've been stewing on this for a while now, and and, and it really needs to be said. It, it someone needs to say it. Okay. And res- as respectfully as possible. So, you know, the, in, in the heart of our beloved town, a pressing issue calls for our collective attention, you see, as a matter of deeply affected this fabric of our community, dividing us deeper than the currents of the Muskegon River. And so, yeah, it's, it's the Goshen issue. But beyond the Goshen issue is the rhetoric of individuals, Okay, now everyone's, yes, both sides have done things. But I can assure you, one side has been on the defense, while the other is relentless. Okay, and so the, the, we as a community are known for our resilience and unity. We have weathered storms before, and we will so do again. Together, our strength is in our solidarity and our respect for one another, and our commitment to the values that make Big Rapids a wonderful place to live and work. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and, and one of the things I had mentioned at one of the, the no-Goshen meetings, because I think, think everyone out there knows where I stand on it, is that if you take a look at this in, as two issues, you have a group of people who are interested in gain you have a group of people who are interested in loss. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a group of us who don't want to lose something. We don't want to lose, whether it's uh, uh, our beautiful farmland, damage to the environment, uh, lose our, our protection from China, whatever. So we're, we're about loss. And then the pro-Goshen folks are about gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, their opinion is that this will be a plus. They're looking at what we can gain. And I think Many times, Chris, that's what is creating 
um, this dialogue you're talking about is because we're really we're look interested in two different things: loss versus gain. What what do you think? Well, I I, I see the potential gain. I get it. Okay. But the, the problem is, is the facts that are being spread around, like we're the poorest in the community, our unemployment rate, we are 50 something out of 84 states. We're like 4.3%, 4.7s. I don't know. It's not as bad as, like I heard it was 22%. Our, our state unemployment or county? State okay. unemployment okay. in the state, our county okay. is 4 point something. Okay. Okay, I've heard numbers and seen numbers from people on one side saying we're at 22%, and then justifying and say, well, unemployment numbers uh, are are skewed because the people who don't look for a job and are, are changing their life to not work uh, are not counted. Well, right, they shouldn't be counted. Why should they be counted? Should they be counted, Bruce? If they're not uh, seeking employment. And they've changed their lifestyle to not work. It it doesn't seem they should. And we know that has been a trend. Yeah. uh, That there are people who just are not interested in work, whether they're on the, the, you know, the the public dole or or whatever it is. But uh, uh, I see the logic in that. Yeah. And so over the past year, we've witnessed actions and rhetoric from certain local businesses and family members that have not just ruffled feathers but have carved a divide in our community. This division is reminiscent of the divide and the deep flowing Muskegon River that runs through our county that has challenged the unity and the spirit of Big Rapids. And as we journey through our daily lives, these events have led to a profound realization that the dynamics within our community, particularly in this capitalistic society, needs to be realized by certain individuals because there's this notion that uh, we, we have to buy from certain stores. And the reality is very much from the difference. We speak and vote, not just at the ballot box, but with our dollars. No doubt. No doubt. I, I, I advocate for that all the time. If, if there's a business, an institution, an organization that does not align with your personal morals or your, your political objectives, um, you know, don't, don't have a tantrum. Remove your dollars. Uh, I'll give you a classic example. Is my wife and I had always dreamed about someday, if we're good and we eat our vegetables, we're going to have grandchildren and yeah. we're going to save money and take them to Disney. Yeah. And then... I have seen what has happened to Disney. Yeah. I have seen how their wokeness has taken over, in my opinion, uh, 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 morphed into a, a perversion on what they're showing young children. Mm-hmm. And I will never, ever consider going to Disney. Chris, if you sponsored and paid for a trip f- to take my grandkids <laughs> to Disney, we wouldn't go. Well, Disney's so, far more uh, expensive than uh, it was when I was a kid. But well, also, I'm a big Disney's advo- changed since I was a kid. It has. And I, but I'm a big advocate, absolutely. Vote with your dollars. You bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what happens in a constitutional republic in a capitalistic society. Uh, what was that, Chris? What did you call us? <laughs> our, our Some people think that we are a, a pure democracy. Nowhere and- <laughs> in the Constitution or the preamble is the word democracy. Yeah. We are a constitutional uh, republic. When did that change? I don't. I think it's so much easier. Maybe politicians are so simple. You know, constitutional republic is multi multi syllabic, and it's well, two they, words. Democracy is one word. Yeah. Maybe it's that. 
But there is distinct differences, well, and that's a, what everyone doesn't understand. There is a philosophical dis- difference, Chris. I do believe uh, the, the more woke a person is, the more they subscribe to a pure democracy. In a pure democracy, 51% of the people rule, 49% of the people are waving. Right. waving in, a, a class, uh, here's an example for our residents in this rural community. In a pure democracy, if 51% of the people decided that hunting was bad, they could shut down hunting. Yep. They could say, we're going to outlaw hunting in yep. the 49%. And, and the, the best analogy I've ever heard for the difference between a democracy and a constitutional republic is a democracy is two wolves and a sheep discussing what to have for dinner. Mm-hmm. In a constitutional republic, two wolves and a well-armed sheep are discussing what to have uh, for dinner, meaning that that sheep has a voice. Everyone in a constitutional republic has a voice. So yeah. go ahead. No. I went off the rails. We, we as a community have acted with integrity and respect for our values as a collective well-being. We have engaged in political discourse, advocating for change in local governance when it seemed unresponsive. We voiced our concerns about foreign investments that conflicted with our community's interest, exercising our rights to make a choice that aligns with our values. It's not just our right, it's our duty. Sure. <laughs> how, uh, you know, how, how can I argue with that? Absolutely. Ironically, though, in exercising our democratic freedoms... We've faced unwarranted criticism and attacks, not only from a local business owner, but from their family members, and not just one. This only adds to the irony, while we exercise our rights, we are blamed for the challenges of a business that has chosen to criticize the community it serves. This is not only unfair, it's a misrepresentation of the principles of a free market and democratic society that we live in. So, so we came back to the D word, and we do live, we live in a constitutional republic, but we have a democ- democratic voting process. Correct. We, we have to. It's a representative form, and and uh, and a good opportunity to make that clear. Yes, our voting process here is a democratic voting process. And for too long, we've witnessed a troubling pattern where the actions and the words of business figures and their family members have cast long shadows over this community. This isn't a fleeting issue. It's been a year-long saga that has eroded the trust and goodwill that once flourished this community. The belief that past good deeds or social status grant immunity from accountability is a dangerous misconception. Neither a business owner nor their families are above the basic expectations of respect and integrity. Our community honors your past contributions, but it also demands ongoing respect. We as a community member, or we as a community, hold significant power. Our choices in shopping, voting, and supporting causes reflect our values that shape our community. When businesses influenced by their families and others choose to alienate those who they serve, they face the consequences of those choices. Sure. I mean, it's hard, hard to, to 
you know, argue that if, uh, if someone's doing something that uh, it's almost like my analogy with Disney, you're doing something I don't like. My choice is not to patronize your business. Yeah. No business is immune from the current, the currents of public opinion and customer sentiment. Success or failure lies in the hands of the customer choice. A business struggles are often the reflection of its own missteps, including the conduct of the owners. So I call upon and I urge local businesses to remember their role in their community and respect and understanding towards their customers and community members are essential. Disagreement with the community's choices or attacking community members, whether by business owner or their family, is detrimental to healthy business environments. It is, you know. And maybe you and I will differ a little on this. Maybe not. Maybe we're spot on. But I can tell you that um, attorneys and negotiators will tell you when you have an issue, especially a contentious issue, as much as you can, they'll tell you, remove the people from the problem. So if, if, if we all stuck to what the issue is and the problem is and just talked about the issue and the problem as opposed to who our adversaries or enemies were, we'd we'd all be better off. Now, is that possible? Is that against human nature? I don't know, but I can tell you any skilled negotiator, any attorneys out there right now or professional negotiators will say that guy's not as dumb as he sounds because he's right. Um, you move rule number one or two or three is you remove the people from the problem and attack the problem. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to get those, those thoughts out, out on the, in the public. Chris, I will tell you this. I love your passion, and I'm going to be an old guy versus young guy here. There aren't many guys your age who, who, who get involved, who are willing to get involved in their communities, in politics. I still talk to a lot of young people who are your age who don't even vote, mm-hmm. and I think it's a huge issue, and I really a- applaud you uh, for your passion and your willing willingness to get involved in this stuff no i just I, I i look at it from the outside looking in i came to this community i saw what it was before and you just i don't care how long you've been in this community i don't care who you related to you don't get special privilege you don't get a free pass just because you did something or you're related to someone or you've been here for 300 years okay it doesn't matter, okay? Though you are judged on the last thing you ever do. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Let's continue the conversation. Yeah. So, uh, Bruce, we haven't talked about your book in a little while. So, do you have any stories about your time when you were on the drug team? You know, the, the, the book is about uh, pretty much about my time as a conservation officer than the undercover work I did. But I spent seven years on a drug team, and I could probably write another book. But there's one story in particular, and it was a neighboring community, and I've got to be very careful not to put out identifiers mm-hmm. uh, because some people here might still would, be here. Would, absolutely would know some of these people. But we had a uh, ongoing complaint about a, a, a guy um who was a major drug dealer major coke dealer major weed dealer and Mm. pretty much had to had the market going and he was always very tough it was tough to conduct surveillance because he had a farm in the middle of nowhere it was tough to get informants uh to testify against him but there was a particular informant that came to us and 
this informant was kind of jealous because this informant wasn't romantically involved with him. Another female was. Mm. And this was kind of her way to get back. So she came <laughs> came to us, and I got the case, and this informant was a handful. When I say informant, most drug cases, most drug investigations, the undercover uh, stuff is done by actually a, an informant, whether it's a paid informant or an informant working off charges. They get caught, so they're trying to make the case better for them. So this informant was in with this person, had bought a ton of drugs from this person, so I got the case. I was the handler. I was the case detective. And I'll, it, this thing went on for months, but I'm just going to give a little, a, a short little story here. So one of the first deals we did, it was going to be at the residence of the informant. And we have to maintain integrity of that. We have to witness the transaction. We, we have to uh, pat the person down ahead of time to prove they didn't have any of their own drugs or money on them. We really control it so we can testify to it. And we were up in a rural area where there was no way to have a surveillance team there. You, you would, the team would get burned. So we decided that I would be hidden inside of this person's residence. And I would peek up when the car showed up. I'd be able to identify the person, and, and it was the nephew of the main dealer who was coming. He was one of his hmm. lieutenants, if you will. And so that's what we did. And um, so I watched the deal. It happens. Everything's good. The bad guy pulls out, and another car pulls in. Hmm. And I look at the informant, like, who is this? It's this informant's girlfriend, her daughter, and the informant's 12-year-old son. Hmm. Uh, great. Because one of the, you know, things we have to be careful on, anyone who knows about these things will talk and ruin the case. Mm -hmm. It's not like we could trust these people to say, Hey, we're the state police drug team and you have to not tell anyone we're doing it. They're all buying drugs from this guy too. Yeah. So they start coming in. I head to the back of this trailer and to say this wasn't a nice trailer is not accurate. It was pretty rough, pretty dumpy. And so I head in there, and I can hear the conversations out in the front part in the kitchen. And the next thing I know, I hear, uh, I think it was the girlfriend. No, it was the 12-year-old. The, the I've got to go to the bathroom. I'm hidden in the bathroom. So I run out real quick, go into the first bedroom, and there's a pile of dirty clothes, probably six feet tall mm. and probably 12 feet wide, mm. dirty clothes, or just not doing laundry. I dive into that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I dive into that, try and hold my breath, and kid does his thing. And then when the kid goes back to the kitchen, I get out of there. I go into the bathroom because I was afraid the kid was going to go in there. And I'm trying to just pray that these people will leave. But the kid, you know, lives there. And anyhow, the next thing I know, the girlfriend, not not girlfriend, but the, the friend of mm -hmm. the informant, a female, coming back to the bathroom, and I'm in the bathroom, and I can't get out. Oh, go. Oh, no. Yeah. And oh, so no. she walks in, and the only thing, I was kind of rough looking, the only thing I think of is when she walks in, I put my finger across my lips like, shh, <laughs> and then I run my thumb across my throat, and the message is, if you say anything or burn me, I'm going to cut your throat. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm a cop. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Her eyes get as big as coffee cups. She goes screaming out of the bathroom that there's a serial killer in the bathroom. <laughs> now, the 12-year-old's going to be a hero, 
and they're arguing over you can't put that butcher knife down down the 12 year old's got a butcher knife and he's going to come after me now i had already decided i am not legally if a 12 year old boy came after you with a butcher knife i would be legally justified in using deadly force well guess what i'd already decided i'm not shooting the, the son of uh, a 12 year old kid the son of my informant with a butcher knife so i figured i'm going to take some cuts until I can give them a crack in the face and get out of there. Well, it's then that I realized that there was a side back door to an old single wide trailer. And as the kid's going to start coming after me with a 12-inch butcher knife, I dive out of the bathroom, out the door, and off I go through the trailer park. Mm. And uh, although I was wired, the team was quite a ways away, and I had to run about a half, three-quarters of a mile to get to one of the surveillance cars. But that was... Uh, that was one of the adventures and i am not i can't make this stuff up i wouldn't make this stuff up but that's some of the crazy did, stuff did he, we did did he hit you within the no back? he didn't get within 12 15 feet of me oh, but cool. i i was so i admired the little guy i'm a big guy and you know i had some facial hair and and i was dressed kind of rough and that little guy was 12 years old and he's going to go protect his mom and i thought well there's, uh-huh. i'm not you know I might have to knock this kid out, but I might take some slices, you know, before I, before I do it. But I knew there's no way I'm going to, you know, shoot this kid. Uh, so, uh, and we didn't get burned. We didn't get betrayed. The case went on. We made a great case and uh, uh, sent this guy to prison. So Wow. Yeah. So is that in your book? I don't think that story is in the book. And I thought about mixing in some of the drug team stuff, but I don't. Uh, I don't think it is. Maybe I'll I'll write a book about the adventures yeah. on the drug team uh, yeah. uh, someday. But uh, crazy story. Can't make that stuff up even in a dream. Yeah. So. Well, it's that time to get back into the community buzz. So uh, there's a huge garage sale Thursday, January 25th through 20, the 27th at Christ the King St. Francis de Sakes fellowship hall in howard city that's a mouthful good job i don't think i could have done that one (laughs) the misiola curry comfort home is looking for donations for their home check out their website misiola curry comfort home.com or for questions call 231-287-2208 if you're interested in joining the rotary club of big rapids you can find them on facebook at the rotary club of big rapids or stop by the lower level of the artworks building on tuesdays at noon the first two lunches are on them tnr macosta tnr stands for trap neuter return now ladies we're not talking about what you would like to do to your husbands or boyfriends we're talking about uh with cats the feral cat population trap neuter return and we help to control the cat population through spay and neuter you can find uh, find TNR Macosta on their website, tnrmacosta.org. The Animal Rescue Coalition is a nonprofit no kill shelter. They always are in need of food and toys. They are Macosta County's only shelter and they rehabilitate abused and neglected pets. So remember to adopt, don't shop. And any pet is a lifetime commitment. So take it seriously. Each animal they have. All need a home, a forever family. We would like to thank our sponsors this week. First, the Pet Boutique, located next to Big Rapids Lumber and Hardware, the old cash and carry. Groomers include Deb, the previous owner, along with 
Katie and Lydia open Monday to Saturday from 8 till 5. Stay up to date on the Pet Boutique on Facebook page. Call for appointment, 231-580-9387. We also like to thank 911 Restoration. The restoration experts assess any damage to your property and decide what repairs need to be made and handle all the work and procedures until your home looks new again. They serve and cover the whole northwestern side of Michigan. Call 231-238-3955. Purely Clean Services, commercial cleaning services for the entire listening area. If you have a business that needs cleaning, contact Lisa at Purely Clean Services, 231-660-6775. Paris Creek Jeweler. ParisCreekJewelry.com. Paris Creek Jewelry, it's time to take your gift giving to the next level and to talk to Corey Rebo about your find. Paris Creek Jewelry on Facebook, Instagram, and online at ParisCreekJewelry.com. Everybody loves Corey. If you meet her, you love her. The Barrington Firearms Training Center. Get your concealed pistol license from Barrington Firearms Training Center. Classes are January 27th. Or January 28th, taught by local officers. Get registered now. Go online at michigancpltraining.com. Susan Bean at Big Rapids Realty. For all your home and commercial real estate needs, call 231-580-9546. Her goal as a realtor is to provide service which is personalized and professional. We need to get Susan on the show. We should. That would be great. Yes, what a yes. neat lady. I've been able to get to know her recently yeah. and her husband, and they are salt of the earth. Gilbert's Carpets plus Color Tile. Right now they have a special. When you buy in-stock carpet, they will give free pad to the end of the month. Gilbert's Carpets on the south end of Big Rapids on Northland Drive. Also on the south end of Big Rapids on Northland Drive is Benton Baker Big Rapids. Great deals going on on the leftover 2023 models in stock. Lease packages are now available for qualified buyers. Check out Benton Baker of BigRapids.net. Benton Baker is soon to be Baker Auto Group. Along with other supportive people and businesses from the community, we thank each and every one of you for getting behind our show. If you would like to sponsor our show, The Big Rapids Buzz, call your best friend Jen here at B1039 at 231-796-1103 and she'll get you started.